Welcome to Navigating the Modern World, a place to gain skills or new ways of thinking, coping, or approaching the areas of life that you may feel stuck, stagnant, fearful, or challenged. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Navigating the Modern World. My name is Kimberly Johnson. I am your host. I am a mindset shifter, a peace warrior, and a sex advocate. I do life coaching and sex coaching here in the greater Denver area. I am going to start today's episode off with a quote. So today we're going to be talking about the ego. And last episode, we began talking about death. And I'm going to continue kind of that conversation, except for talking about a different kind of death and talking about the ego. So I want to start off with this quote. It's from the Tibetan book of living and dying. So ego, then, is the absence of true knowledge of who we really are. Together with its result, a doomed clutching on at all cost to a cobbled together and makeshift image of ourselves, an inevitably chameleon Charlton self that keeps changing and has to, to keep alive the fiction of its existence. Ego is then defined as incessant movements of grasping at a delusionary notion of I and mine, self and other, and all the concepts, ideas, desires, and activity that will sustain that false construction. So sometimes I wake up with like deep, unsettling feelings. And I had this deep unsettled feeling this morning and literally it was sparked by my boyfriend has been out of town and he is coming back into town and while he's been gone, I've been kind of struggling just in general with just like bigger ideas about who I am and what I'm doing and I'm in this very transitory state. And for me to struggle, it doesn't really look like anything. It just looks like, you know, me asking big questions and then me not really knowing the answer and sitting with it and feeling deep emotion and feeling deep feeling. And so he's been gone and he's coming back. And I had this like just deep feeling that was like, so as he's been gone and I've been kind of struggling, some of my struggle actually looks like kind of emotional eating, just like, you know, using food as a way to kind of control my comfort. And even though it looks so much better than it used to, you know, it used to look like me just binge eating on like cookie dough. And, and now it looks like me like binge eating on like nuts and and vegetables, (laughs) but it's still the same. So I just want to like highlight that it's still the same. It doesn't actually matter Um, what the intake is or what you're putting in. It's like the way that you're putting it in and why you're putting it in. And I'm highly aware that I, in moments of discomfort or uncomfort, instead of doing the hard work and sitting, I consciously in in an aware state will eat and binge eat. And so I've been doing this and 
he comes home tonight. So I pick him up and my very first thought was like, man, I really don't want to have sex. Like I'm feeling not super confident. I'm feeling like a little bit self-conscious of my body. And, and these are all just like thoughts popping up. And then I'm like, uh, like this is what relationship does to me is it's like, it puts me in the state where I have to consider another person. And I got super frustrated by it. I was just like, you know, it feels so much better to be alone, blah, 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 blah. Like all of these things in my brain and not even like considering all of the amazing parts of our relationship, including our, um, intimacy. But like in that moment, I just like was in my head and the self-consciousness just kind of pervaded and took over. And so I just like, got really, really clear, like, okay, you just need to go and do your practices and sit and study. And, um, and you know, like I was like, you know, Kimberly, that if you do these things that you do for your mental health and your well being, that like this will shift. It always does. Like, this is like you feeling uncomfortable and you having these thoughts is just the opportunity to practice your practice, to walk your talk. And, um, so I, go and I sit and I start reading in my book, the, the Tibetan book of living and dying. And I am just so happened to be on this, like the part about ego. And a lot of times people talk about ego and a lot of like, I've, I remember feeling so much in my past, like, what is this thing people are talking about? And I would read about it and it would still seem confusing. And, and then it would be like, just like deep, like, like feeling like I understood, but also I couldn't like wrap my mind around what actually the ego was or what people meant. And it felt a lot, a lot of the time, like super frustrating. And so this morning I sit and I'm starting to read and I'm like, of course, like, of course I'm going to be reading about the ego, which is like the death of the identified self, the death of like, um, who we construct ourself to be. Like I am a woman, I am a healer, I am a health coach, I'm a life coach, I'm a sex coach, I am um, a girlfriend, I am like all of these things that we identify ourselves with. And so I was reading and what I became clear about is that being in a relationship, probably the challenging part of being in a relationship is that you can't run from your darker places. And one of my darker places is this conversation around food and body image that I have dealt with my entire life. And a lot of my life, I hit it. Nobody knew. In fact, you know, I'm like a, I have a pretty healthy body weight. Um, I exercise and I do these things. So like nobody actually knew the struggle that I was having. And in fact, my best friend this morning, I was texting with her and my best friend is like, I just had no idea. Like I had no idea the deeper struggle that you had around food and body. And so what I realized though, was being in relationship is like, I can't hide from it. And not that I want to hide from it, but I will tell you being single and hiding feels much easier yet. It's like, it's like the path of least resistance. It's like the settling. It's like I could be single forever. And trust me, I've thought about it, especially after all of the things with my divorce. Like I've thought like, maybe I'll just be single for the rest of my life. And 
but it's just a hiding. It's just a hiding. And then I began asking myself, in what way do I, in what ways is my ego identified? Like in what ways do I identify myself or label myself? And also in what ways do I distract myself? Do I distract myself from what I know deep in my soul I'm really meant to be doing here, which is all ego, right? Like your ego wants you to distract. Your ego has created this false illusionary identity of self so that you can avoid what you're actually doing here. So I made a list of ways that I have kind of um, created this identity around myself and And I want to talk about more about what it actually looks like if I didn't identify myself with these things. So one of them is like this food and body image thing of like, like I struggle with food. Like, you know, I go in and out of like these patterns with food of like doing, feeling like I do quote unquote really well. And, you know, my ego is so stoked. And, and then other times when I'm not doing well and then I get to shame myself and then my ego is still stoked, um, because I'm avoiding, I'm avoiding what actually needs to be looked at. So there's that. There's also men. Um, Men, I noticed for myself a lot more in my past, not so much anymore, but as a distraction, like obsessing over men, thinking about like the future, thinking about all of these things, like distracting myself, like thinking about how like men suck and they've hurt me and like all of these things, right? And I notice it a lot with my clients too. Like we just like have a tendency to distract ourselves with other human beings, whether it's men or women. So there's that. And then the other one is busyness. I tend to distract myself with busyness and I do it for a lot of different reasons. Like I, one, have a hard time saying no because I want people to like me. Um, but I also, I really like to be busy so that I don't have to actually sit and be with myself. And it's something I'm highly aware of. Like I'm highly aware of all these things, but I still get caught up in them. I still really, really get caught up in them. I also like in the realm of identity, I also have identified myself as a person who does healing work and a person who, um, you know, I'm, I do life coaching and sex coaching. And I've like kind of created this identity. Like I'm a podcaster, I'm a writer, like all of these things are just identities and they're all external. They're all just external labels so that I quote unquote, know who I am. And so if somebody, you know, like if you meet somebody and they're like, what do you do? Who are you? You know, and you can own it and you can say it. And so this morning as I'm sitting and I'm like, I'm in bed and I'm suffering and then I get up and I start reading and I start doing my practice. I just begin to ask myself, like, what if I let these things go? What if, like, what if I let go of this kind of obsession about food and body? What if I like let go of this idea of like male obsession, you know, like thinking about am I good enough? Or like what these men have have done to me or like my ex, like all of these things. Like, what if I let that go? What if I let go of busyness? What if I let go of the idea that I'm a healer and that I'm a life coach? Like, what if I let all of these things go? 
And I'm sitting there and I'm like thinking about it and it's slightly terrifying. And it's terrifying for a good reason because if you don't have these labels or you don't have these things that you commonly use to distract yourself, then like who are you? So if you begin to let these things go, then there is a form of death that happens. And the death is the death of who you know yourself to be. The ego, the identity. And I think something important to know is that death and rebirth, you know, birth and death cycles are always happening. And when we begin to look at the ego and we begin to look at ways that we identify ourselves and we begin to look at these ways that we distract ourselves and these like habitual patterns with which we continue to live and we think about really sitting with them and begin really letting them go which is really just learning to be with uncomfort like letting something go is super uncomfortable in the beginning because it's a death cycle and We're always going through death cycles, but a lot of times we aren't consciously choosing what we're letting go or what we're letting die. Things just kind of like, like rebirth and die on their own. We kind of just like are living on autopilot and like whatever presents itself for birth or whatever presents itself for death. Like that's just what it is. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, There's nothing at all wrong with that. And... I think when things begin to arise in our consciousness that want to be let go, that literally want to be let go. So like, I understand right now that I'm in a, I'm in a moment when my food habits, my food patterns are wanting to be let go because they're arising in my consciousness. I have two choices. I can either distract myself from what I'm feeling Or I can really like sit with the uncomfort of letting a part of myself die. Because once parts of ourselves die, other real parts of ourselves are revealed. That's that's the rebirth of like being able to see who I truly am, which is not some um, pattern around food, which is not some man that's in my life or will come into my life or has been in my life, which is not like how I feel, fill my schedule with busyness. None of that is me. That's all in the external world. Nothing like none of that has anything to do with who I truly am. None of it. Who I am is something so much more grand and it's something that's within me it's this it's this knowing within me like i am something so much greater than anything in this world and i think letting little parts of us die even though it's scary the beauty of it is that more of who we truly are is revealed. And this is like a this is like a big thought concept that a lot of people struggle with and I, you know, it's like I even struggle with talking about it cuz it's almost impossible to talk about. It's a knowing. And you don't have to use words. You can just check in inside of your body and feel it. 
And it's like this like grander and it's also this humbling knowing. This humble knowing of that like all of this life is impermanent and we're gonna we're gonna die. And I wanna be more connected to like who and what I truly am and be less attached and connected to these ways that I distract myself and these patterns and labels that I label myself. So if I know who I truly am, then I can be deeply connected to what I'm actually doing here, which is to be present and to love, to look each individual in the eye and to love them and to create connection in the world and to really put a like, like, you know, like breaking down this bridge of separation and allowing people to know that they are amazing and that they too are worthy and that they too are good enough and that they too are loved, that they are the same as me. And that's what, that's what I want to be doing in the world. I don't want to be obsessing about food. I don't want to be obsessing about men. I don't want to be doing any of these things that I use to distract myself. What I really want to be doing is looking people in the eye and holding them and loving them. And that's what will change the world. I don't need to distract myself with food. Like it, that doesn't actually even matter at all. The beauty about the distractions, you know, I'm not, I don't, want to at all demean the distraction because the distraction is our teacher. The distraction is like, hey, look what you're avoiding. Hey, look at the deeper truth. Like it's like, it's like an onion, right? Like we were born this beautiful, radiant, you know, being that isn't distracting, that can ask for what they need and what they want and who can like know the truth without even having words, like you look into a baby's face and you see truth, you see like spirit. And then what happens is all of these things like pile onto us, traumas and heartbreak and hurt and, and beliefs and, you know, all of these things, societal patterns and the things that are happening in the news, like all of these things pile on top of us. And literally just our job is to unpeel those layers so that we can know truth and walk in truth in this world. And our distractions are just a layer. And the work in this life is just to unlayer, to get reconnected, to go back to that state that is the same when you look into a child's eyes or when you look into somebody's eyes who's dying Or when you, for moments, have deep connection with somebody and you can feel it. Or moments when you're sitting alone in meditation or sitting alone in your home and you feel and you know the actual, like, truth. And even even though those moments might be fleeting, they can grow and be more expansive in your life if you practice them and you are dedicated to keeping uncovering what's hiding them. And so I just want to like end this episode with like a call to action of just beginning to be really honest with how you're distracting yourself and being really honest about how you're labeling yourself and how it's maybe hiding. It's, it's like a way that you're hiding from truth. It's a way that you're hiding from what you're really supposed to be doing here. 
Maybe you hide behind notoriety. Maybe you hide behind money. Maybe you hide behind your career. Maybe you hide behind your kids or your husband. Maybe you hide behind food. Maybe you hide behind busyness, whatever it is. Maybe you hide behind exercise. Whatever you're hiding behind, just beginning to be honest and bringing awareness. We can't do anything. And there's really nothing to do except for become aware because once you're aware, it's like that, um, it's that saying, like once you see it, you can't unsee it. And by the nature of seeing things, things begin to shift because when we see truth, automatically our perception is different in the world. Automatically. And we're not on some timeline. Change doesn't happen in some timeline. Time doesn't actually exist. So we're not in this like hierarchical of time or this linear view of time. Like everything is happening and everything is um, unfolding as it should. And we have to trust that. We can't put ourselves in some timeline by like next year I want to be more conscious or next year I want to say goodbye to my job. And next year it's like things are happening and unfolding and you will know when you're supposed to know. You will know when you're supposed to make a move exactly when you're supposed to. Trust that and keep doing the work. Trust that and keep doing the work. Trust that and keep doing the work. Keep showing up for yourself and for others and for the world. Keep going. You are doing it and I'm inspired by you and you're amazing and I love you. And if you want to share, if anything's coming up for you, please share with me. You can share at Kimberly Elise Johnson at gmail.com. You can also find me on my website, KimberlyCoaching.com. There's like a contact form. You can also find me on my blog, WhenYou'reAlone.com. You are just so amazing. And I see you. I see your truth. I see you through your distractions. I see you through your identity. I see that you are me and I am you. And you are seen. And know that you're seen and that you're good enough and that you are so loved. Okay, guys, until next time.